Yeah, you're that's my, what I said. That's a lot of pressure. Listen, you're my person, okay? Uh, you're my sister. you always been my person. And if I'm going to tell somebody something, I feel like I should tell you. It feels a lot easier to tell you than tell mom and dad sometimes because I don't want them to worry. I'm not saying that you I won't I was like, well, what do you think is happening with me when you I'm tell me saying, this stuff? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you won't worry, but I feel like you might be able to take it in stride a lot more or it appears to me that you can take it out and stride a lot more. Welcome to the Brandon Files Podcast. I'm Brandy. And I'm Shannon, also known as Brandon. I'm the older sister. And I'm the younger. As Black women, we've had a lifetime of adventures, including world travel, navigating work, and adjusting to evolving family dynamics. Join us as we dig deep into the files to share stories, experiences, and tips. What's up, what's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? Shannon. What's up, what's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? Ow. Hey. Hey. We back at it again. Yes, we are. So you know, you know how we start this out. What have you navigated since the last time we met, sis? Ooh, okay. Since the last time we met, what I navigated through was getting back in the gym after a week off. It doesn't sound like a lot, but ooh, my body was like, girl, what are you doing? You were just in a different time zone, three hours off from now. Uh, I'm tired and you got me in the gym. Are you trying to be here five days a week again? I, I don't know what you're doing after being off for a whole week. Well, you know, they say it takes three weeks to make a habit and three days to break the habit. So if you're gone for a week, you know. I mean, the habit wasn't broken because I have a great gym community and my trainer's not going to let me not be great. So like, I really appreciate him for that. But he also knows that when I say that I need a minute, I like really need a minute. There's some people who say that and they're just trying to get over. But if you hear those words come out of my mouth, it means my body is telling me to go sit down. So I actually like took a day that I did not go to the gym this week also and like took a nap which is not normal for me either. So my body was really telling you me like, that rest. chill out. You've been did doing you some, Did you do a bath with some Epsom salt? Were you sore? I was sore, but I'm always sore. <laughs> like every time the workout gets easier, it also gets harder again. Cause if it's getting too easy, that just means you're not doing enough weight. Like if your body weight becomes too easy, we're just going to put a vest on you. or We're going to add some more weight to it. Like it never gets easier. And I, I never- love you. Look, I love your dedication because- I'm dreaming about you while you're at the gym. I mean, I probably need to actually try and do something a little long with it, but but no, you've been you've been at it and you've been going strong for some time now. So yeah, I love that. Thank you. It's been like over a year. Wow. At first, like during the pandemic, I started doing it just because A, I was at home by myself, not moving, like barely at all. Maybe I'd take a couple of walks around the neighborhood, but it was just like I need to move my body. Like yeah. I was an athlete, or I guess in, you never stop being an athlete. You just might stop playing a sport. Um, well, I never, I never heard that, but I like that. That's true. Yeah. So I realized that like most of my life, I was always moving. Like, you know how practices were. We were always playing a sport and going somewhere for that sport or yeah. practicing the sport. So this is really, to me, just like getting back into the lifestyle that I had before. So going to the gym five days a week is like playing my sport five days a week. 
I like it. Yeah. And y- y'all do have a really good gym community. Yeah. yeah super supportive. But what have you navigated through? Listen, this LA traffic. Okay. Cause that is a whole navigation. You know, I don't have to drive as much because I, I work from home, but I feel like lately I've just kind of either had things to go to or people to meet up with. And they, there are a lot of lanes in LA, a lot of lanes going in each direction. And it still sometimes perplexes me when I'm driving and I get to the point where it's backed up, but there wasn't even an accident. Like, why? Why is the traffic backed up like this? And I don't know, I don't really feel like there's even like a reverse commute here in LA. You know what I mean? Like at any time of day, in any direction, like why on a Saturday is it backed up? And I feel like going downtown, especially on a Saturday, not even having a sporting event going on or a concert or anything, going downtown is always backed up. Excuse me. And I can't figure out why. I don't know. But yes, I've been navigating LA traffic. I live in Atlanta, so we can we can have traffic battle stories here because we're like the main thoroughfare of the southeast and the semi trucks take over. So it doesn't really matter what day of the week it is here either. There are semis all the time. So if they're not able to get through or there's something going on where like they need to get all the way over to exit, that's going to hold the rest of us up. And like we just have to share the road with each other because we all want to be safe. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, that is one thing now that you say that though, obviously we must have semis in LA, but I don't see as many semis as often. I don't know if there's like kind of like a loop around that they're mostly going on, but that's not usually the problem. It's not the semis. I guess it's just the sheer volume of folks, but who child. Yeah. I just I've been like, able to reconcile it by recognizing that it's the semis in the Southeast. I wish that I had somebody ride with me because that HOV, that brings me life and it brings me joy. Cause then I'll be like, when I have company, I'm like, yes, I get to ride in the HOV lane. We gonna make it in like 20 minutes earlier. Cause we got this HOV lane, but yeah, that's what I've been navigating since the last time we spoke. Well, thanks so much for sharing about your navigating this week. In today's episode, we're going to discuss our recent experiences with doctors, nurses, other healthcare professionals, you know medical teams. So be sure to listen all the way through because we have a tip for you at the end about navigating healthcare. For sure, for sure. So Shan, Mm -hmm. what has been your experience with the healthcare system? Well, there are some things that changed. Like I never really thought about it when I was smaller. And I don't mean younger because we talk about childhood a lot. I actually mean like I am fully on black and plus sized. So like being a plus size woman and being a black woman, that's like double, a double hit. Like people look at you and treat you slightly different because they make assumptions. And I feel like I've had some healthcare professionals do what Malcolm Gladwell calls thin slicing, where you're taking like not a lot of information and you're making a snap judgment. And sometimes you get that right. And sometimes you get it wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a more recent telehealth appointment with a new doctor, like not somebody that I normally go to. Now with telehealth, just sorry, real quick, would telehealth be somebody you might one day see in person or just like a random person that gets assigned to this, to to like your telehealth call? um, Well, this particular time, it was somebody that I was recommended to. So like, yeah, I possibly could have seen them in person at some point. 
but after this telehealth visit, I didn't want to ever see them again, whether it was Tell me more. Or Tell me more. So uh, this particular doctor, you know, got on the call and was probably at home. I don't know where she was, um, but she made some snap judgments about my health and told me that I had something that I don't have. So she was like, I swear you told me that you have this. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, that wasn't me. Um, so, I mean, I'll just say it because I'm, I'm okay with this part, but she told me that I had diabetes and that is not something that I have. It's something that runs in our family. And so I'm always like on the lookout for it and trying to make sure that I don't have it and going to the gym and staying healthy and eating the way that I should be. But I feel like she made a snap judgment based on who she saw before her. Like she mm. saw me mm. as a black woman and who was plus size rather than actually reading my chart that should have also been in front of her. Which like, she should have read before the appointment, like right. educated herself on who she's about to see. Exactly. That so part. I like, I don't know if you thought of the patient you saw before me, or if you're making a decision based on who you see before you. But what that told me is that you are not a doctor that I ever want to communicate with again, because you couldn't take the time to read my chart. I'm really sorry you had to deal with that because that's that's terrible. And you hear stories all the time about um, the biases in healthcare, and like you said, just assumptions and judgments without looking at one one piece of the chart, and that's right. not cool. And it doesn't make it doesn't make people feel good. No, it how doesn't. You gonna, how you gonna put me? How you gonna put a disease on somebody that they don't even have? Like that's right. major. What if that's... you weren't astute enough to? just speak up for yourself. And you're thinking that maybe there's something in the chart that you don't know that somebody hasn't told you. Right. So that was, I was, I, that's what I said to her. Like, I was just like, unless you're telling me something I don't know, I don't have diabetes. And then she was kind of got a little flustered and was like, oh, oh, I mean, well, I'm sure you said it. No, I didn't say it. And I've never seen you before. So when would I have said it, by the way? So that's my experience with the healthcare system. I mean, I've got more stories, but I want to hear what your situation has been. Yeah, you know, um, I think one of my situations with the healthcare system is just how different it can be uh, domestically and internationally. Mm. Having lived overseas, it's just a whole different level of, I think, attention to healthcare. Um, I lived in the UAE, and their healthcare was a part of our package. So for one thing, it's a lot less trying to jump through hoops to figure out if your insurance is going to cover it or not, because it's it's already covered, right? You know, when you go to the doctor, they're not going to ask you a million questions to see if they even want to treat you based on if you have insurance or not, what kind of insurance it is. You know that you are going to go there and receive care. So, um, and, and yes, that's a whole different feeling. That is a whole different feeling. And all employers are required to have it. So it's also not a matter of you knowing, again, if you're going to have it or not, your job is going to provide that for you. Mm. So um, it's a good feeling to know that you don't have to worry about those things. Um, Co-pays are a minimum, very minimum. I mean, of course, there are still a little bit of different levels of insurance your employer can get you, but because it is subsidized by the government, it's going to be a a much lower cost of a copay. And so Um, I ended up having a surgery over there. And so that's even kind of a whole different thing because there's so many things to think about being that far away from your family. Yeah, you were deep into that medical system. Deep in the medical system, right? It's like the comfort of knowing that you're covered and you're going to get good care, 
But at the same time, like I ended up having to go like under anesthesia. So going under anesthesia in a whole different country and not having a family member there is also a different feeling. So not to make this about me, but I'm gonna make it about me for a second. Yeah, go ahead. How did I not travel to come while you were getting put under? I mean, probably being a whole adult and working. And I think that, you know, I don't know that anyone would have not come like you or mom or whatever, but I think I just was like, it's okay. Like, you know, like this is where my life is. Like I have to figure it out. And oh, you God, were trying to be a whole adult. That's what happened. I was, well, I was trying to be a whole adult, but thank God I also had very good friends there. So I was by myself and the fact that I didn't have my family, but my employer again was very supportive and they allowed one of my colleagues who's a very dear friend to be with me and be at the hospital with me. So they let two of us take the day off of work so um, that she could be there. So I wasn't. See, but even that, that you just said, that is something that does not happen here. If I was like, my friend is having surgery, the U.S. wouldn't let me take off. Yeah, that like, they, they, they barely yeah. let you take off for an extended family member. Like, you, and if they did, that that's my that cousin person. isn't my, like, that my first cousin isn't worthy of me taking off work. Like, yeah, sorry. That's true. Keep going. Yeah, no. And I was like, not only that, like, then if the friend did say they would, they'd have to take some of their precious vacation days and all that kind of thing. And we didn't have that situation. They knew, I mean, like, we're really like a family as coworkers. And even, you know, even the um, local people, the Marathis and us. So they just let her come off for part of the day to be with me like family. So it was no counting days off or things like that. So you're right. I love that. That's Having that supportive environment is, is totally different. Um, and thank God she was there because I am not a good person when I come out of anesthesia. Okay. That's, that's what I have. That's no, I have I, been there for some of that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Those wisdom teeth though. That's what I'm talking about. Like, as I'm saying, like time and time again, I haven't had to go under very often, but the times that I have, the person that I come out after is just like a very emotional being very emotional. We're just going to leave it right there. So anybody who has been nice enough to be with me after that please know that I appreciate y'all I appreciate y'all very much and I love you so yeah that's my that's my experience with healthcare system though it's just just um really appreciating countries that have um uh national health care I know there's like lots of debate with some people agreeing or not agreeing but I think there's a level of just um comfort when everybody knows that they will have some health care uh, yeah. provided to them we enjoy talking with each other, but we also want to talk with you. Comment, subscribe, like, and follow at Brandon Files on YouTube, IG, and Facebook. Don't forget to turn on your notifications to know when we have new content to share. So I know we've both had a few like different experiences with healthcare systems globally, mostly in the U.S. for me and internationally for you. But when you are like just thinking about your health overall, who do you share your health history with? Because that's a lot of pressure. Uh, you? Yeah, you're that's my. What I said that's a lot of pressure. Listen, you're my person, okay? Uh, you're my sister. You've always been my person. And if I'm going to tell somebody something, I feel like I should tell you. It feels a lot easier to tell you than tell mom and dad sometimes because I don't want them to worry. I'm not saying that you won't worry. I was like, so what do you think is happening with me when you tell me this stuff? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you won't worry, but I feel like you might be able to take it in stride a lot more or it appears to me 
that you can take it out and try a lot more. But now you just said it's a lot of pressure. So shoot, maybe I need to change that, um, change that idea. So really the pressure point comes in when you only want me to know and I'm not supposed to tell mom and dad until you're ready to tell them. That's where the pressure comes in. Cause I'm like, well, if something goes wrong and I knew about it and they didn't know about it, that's where the pressure comes in. It's not knowing what's going on with you. It's just, if there's something big, I'm like, okay, I don't want to hold all this. That's where it, that's where it I mean, is. I can appreciate that. I mean, like I've started to try and tell them a little bit more, but I like to try and get some more information. So when I do tell them, you know, I already kind of already have the solution or the answer before it even gets to them. So I'll try to make you not hold it this long. I can't promise. I'm not going to still tell you first to tell you not to tell them or unless I just don't tell you, but then who else am I going to tell? No, I don't, I don't want you not to tell me. I'm just saying it's a lot of pressure. That's all. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to say what I said again, because that's what I do. Uh, It's a lot of pressure. But I appreciate that you do tell me because someone should know because you shouldn't be carrying that on your own either. So I'm glad that we have the relationship that we do and you trust me enough to with that information. So I'm thankful for that. I don't Thank put you. the pressure back on you though. However, I, say, I share you? mine with our cousin who is actually a nurse, which I don't mean to put that pressure on her either because no matter who you tell, it's a lot of pressure. If they're the only know. one, yes, then there's pressure. Yeah. I agree. I think the pressure lessens when it's just known. Yeah. And with her, because I don't want her to ever feel like um, she's giving me medical advice per se. I just ask more like questions about a thing rather than saying like, what should I do? Like, it's not like that with me sharing with her. It's more along the lines of like, what would you do is one of the questions because she has a lot of perspective about the medical field from inside the medical field and like has seen what her colleagues do or don't do based on what you say or don't say so that's fair she might might see some of the bias right in in real life so she can tell you how to navigate that yeah so I ask her more as a navigator uh more so than as like a hold the keys because here's all my health history that's fair. I feel like I probably spread it around. Like, I think I spread my health history around the family a little bit. Um, I probably need to do a better job of like someone who really knows like all of it. I think you do. But then sometimes we talk and you're like, I didn't know that. And so it might be that I forget who I told. It's not so much that I didn't mean to not tell you. And it also might be that I think like, I know pieces, but maybe I don't know how the whole story goes together or, or how it has evolved. Right. Like maybe you knew something, but then something later affected this or that. And I don't necessarily know how it goes together. Yeah. But I think that speaking of our cousin, it would be good if I did maybe for sure, because she knows, like ask her more of like a, what would you do? But it also makes me think that like, like you said, with her knowing some of the inside of how she's seen her colleagues react, that it's very important to have a health advocate, right? Like not even just you telling a family member to hold the keys, but like having somebody else listen in to see if they heard something you didn't, especially if it's something big or major or a new change. Yeah. I feel like mom has been that for lots of family members. Like even if you think about, because again, it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't bring her up. But if you think about granny and granddaddy, like both yeah. of our mom's parents, she really was one of the people that 
um, spearheaded. And Granny Hendrick. Yeah, and our great-grandmother. Yeah. Um, but she really spearheaded, I was going to say, she spearheaded, like, getting her siblings involved. Like, if she couldn't be there on the phone or at the doctor, like, making sure that one of her siblings was always with one of our grandparents. So that no matter what, like, it was, it started out with people who were older, but it also... She does that for her friends and as the peers. That you know? is very true. So, um, I think it's really important to have a health advocate with you in some way. Like we all could use that. And so like they remember stuff that you may not have remembered or they heard it differently. Like I said, they heard it differently. But speaking yeah. of speaking of that, I just want to interject that like part of what we do talk about is changing family dynamics. And as much as mom is the advocate for everyone else, she is terrible at anyone else being an advocate or knowing about what's going on with her. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that is something as our parents get older that we also have gotten older and that we are looking out for them. Like we're not trying to parent them per se, but we know that there are some things that we've grown up with them, right? Yeah. So we see like changes I know when you skirting what I'm asking you <laughs> like, you know, like, I know when you're skirting I'm asking you and I know when you're not moving the same as you have moved before well there's that yeah that part. but it's just like but I feel like they also are want to protect us and so sometimes they don't want us to know but I definitely think that we're getting to a stage in our lives and our dynamics where it's more and more important for us to maybe be their advocates or hear what's going on at some of their appointments I know mom does it for dad, but like I said, mom has not let us be included in anything yet. So it might be something we need to navigate and try and insert ourselves in. Although dad, I will give it to him also. He has been, he's been more like saying, I went to the doctor with your mom and he means it like he went with her, not she went with him. Oh, okay. Like, but sometimes he's in the car. Which That's like, what I was going to say. I was like, I was going to say, I feel like he drove her to the doctor. I thought you were trying to tell me something that I didn't know that he was in there with her. No, I think that meant he drove her. So we need to, you know, maybe uh, make that request that you go in yeah. and hear also what's being said. Um, but I don't know. Like, it's hard, right? As your parents get older and you get older and we're so far away, you know, That's neither say, we're not live there. where they live. Yeah. Uh, to we can't control what happens there, but we can maybe ask when is your appointment and can you put me on the phone during your appointment? Yeah, I was gonna say maybe on the phone somebody could still hear that. And I mean, I also think you made a good point that with mom and her siblings, like she spearheaded at least getting like an organization of of somebody being there. And if they couldn't, it's probably like a time, especially since we live apart from each other and apart from them, that we even maybe start to set up a system with us to make yeah. sure we know and are both helping each other out because it's a lot to be a caretaker, right? So yeah. or just an advocate. So to, to spread the responsibility so that no one feels like what you said in the beginning, that it's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. I mean, because I actually have been more of a health advocate, I'd say, for one of my friends who's going through some health challenges. And I know she was in the hospital for some weeks and she had lots of different people doing different things, but no one was really there with her. Like there were some people maybe that were around, but then like when I was traveling, so I wasn't there at the beginning, but when I was back, I've we've had conversations and she would put me on the phone when she was talking to the doctors. And then she would ask me like, did I miss anything? You know, like just as we've talked about like what she wanted to ask when the doctors came back in the room and things like that. So it's been helpful even just to be like a sounding board for her 
as she's trying to figure out what questions to ask and like how she transitions from being in the hospital to being at home. And I, and I do like that you said there was a list of questions beforehand yeah. so that you went into it with her so that she could go back to you and say, Hey, okay, you heard what they said. Did we miss anything? Yeah. Because sometimes when you're getting lots of information, you might've had a whole agenda, but you're on information overload and, and you can't remember even maybe when the doctor first asked you what symptoms have you, um, have, you know, have you been having? Sometimes it's good to just make a note when you're having the symptoms, like in a little, this is, a, this is the tip before the tip, but sometimes like in your phone or something, you're having a symptom, make sure you put it in your phone or somewhere. So then when you get to the doctor, you don't forget to tell them, um, you know, tell them what, what you were feeling or what was happening. Oh yeah, I I use all kinds of notes type taking apps in my phone and share them with you sometimes. But maybe I could do a better job with doing that medically. Or like yeah. I know dad really is like into his chart a lot. Like he does. He's all into the app. he's like, oh, I put it in the portal with my doctor. Yeah. Like, so okay. he's communicating back and forth with his doctors. And that's that's a great new thing that's available as well. But it's just like advocating for yourself and having someone else that can help you navigate the advocate advocating. It's time to dig into the files for today's tip. So let's get into our tip of the day. Um, our tip of the day is to consider a holistic healthcare team. Um, that could, I mean, some of that is influenced actually a bit by me having lived abroad and being exposed to other kinds of healthcare, but it might not only be your general practitioner or if you're a woman, your gynecologist, but I personally like to incorporate um, natural naturopath and Eastern medicine into my healthcare experience as long as well, sorry, as well as chiropractic. So really think of your whole overall journey. And I, I go to chiropractic for wellness, not for pain. Same with acupuncture and Eastern medicine. What about you? Well, I think because you've influenced me, I've started looking at my health in a more holistic way and from other perspectives which is really like in alignment with who I am as a person where I like to like know about other ways of doing things. Um, but I think that being able to have that care team really looking at your health is important. So I have Eastern medicine and Western medicine together and being able to take what my practitioner of Eastern medicine says and putting that back on my Western medicine team and sometimes like the person that I go to knows both, right? So they are, they are versed in what types of drugs interact with some of like the whole, the herbs and the tinctures and powders and all the Eastern medicine things um, to know what the effects might be. So it's really important that your teams can work together in understanding what Absolutely. each other are providing you. Absolutely. And I also think part of the holistic um, healthcare team is having um, practitioners of color. I have three black women practitioners between my Eastern and Western medicine on my side. And some of the things that affect um, black people as a whole are different than affect other races. So really having a healthcare practitioner who knows your background and is concerned and wants to see your well-being happen is another part of that holistic team. I know we can't always do that, but um, as much as we can, and also um, part of that holistic team is mental health for me. Um, also making sure that it's mind, body, and spirit and soul. All the things are all part of your holistic self and your holistic well-being and health. Yeah, you just made me think I have three women of color as well. And another uh, healthcare organization is Black-owned, even if the person that I mostly communicate with is not. 
yeah. she's still a woman, but she's not, uh, she's not of color. So yeah. I, I never, I do seek that out when I'm looking for a healthcare team. Um, sometimes it works in my favor and sometimes it doesn't. As in my story earlier, that was one of the times that it wasn't in my favor to have a woman of color um, look, thin slice me and make some snap judgments. Yeah. So our tip of the day is to look at your health holistically and take a holistic approach to your care. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and follow. And follow us on all the podcast channels and on IG or go to brandonfiles.com to find the links. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for rocking with us as we embark on this journey. The Brandon Files podcast is a labor of love. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, IG, and Facebook at Brandon Files and check back for our next episode.